Our reading today is from Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 through 7. And you may find this on page 657 in the Pew Bible. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlines wait for his teaching. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you to righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. And I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. So the text that we have this morning comes from a low point in Israel's history. The Babylonians had swept into Judah, overthrown Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, and marched the leaders of Israel into captivity. And it is there from exile in Babylon that Isaiah says, God has appointed you to be a light to the nations. They had to wonder how a people at their lowest point could be a light to anyone, much less to the world. But this was not a new word for Israel. When Abraham was called to be the father of the Hebrew nation, God promised Abraham, you will be blessed to be a blessing. You will be a blessing to all the families of the earth. From the very beginning, God wanted God's people to be a blessing to the nations. You remember the Christmas story. The Christmas story, Matthew tells us that Jesus as an infant was visited by magi, these wondrous visitors. Well, they were Gentiles. It's obvious what Matthew is communicating, that Jesus lived a life that was a blessing to all the families of the earth, to the nations. This word of Isaiah, I will make you a light to the nations, it's a charge that is given to God's children from the very beginning and reaches to our circumstance today. So I want to tell you three reasons why I think it's important to own this. Three reasons I think it's important to recognize this call. The first is that it's far too common to hear Christians in this country speak the opposite. It's far too common to hear Christians in this country express the opposite of the prophet's teaching. You know what I mean. They shout condemnation of others. They shout often to 
brown-skinned people things like go back where you came from or to people of other faiths they'll say Islam is not really a religion or they'll say America is a Christian nation so you don't belong here we hear this kind of hate speech at political rallies and on TV and it makes me wonder if these people have read our scriptures at all because this kind of rhetoric is the photo negative of the God who calls us to be a light to the nations to set a place for everyone born to set a place at the table for the stranger to welcome the refugee to make space for the alien in our midst you know the reputation of the church is damaged when those who claim to speak of faith do so with mean spirit, exclusion, harsh tone. And that, that means the work that you do around the world is all the more important. The first reason we need to be a light to the nations is to show that we understand God to be a God who loves all people, not a God who favors some and disparages others. It's not insignificant, not these days. But the second reason we engage in mission around the world is that when you know people from other places and cultures, sometimes their experience can inform our own understanding of the faith. It was in the 1980s, I traveled to Nicaragua. It was in the middle of the Contra War. It was a brutal conflict and those paying the high price were often coffee farmers and peasants in the hill country. I visited a small little village called Hickaro, and there I met a remarkable woman named Maria Blandone. Just days before our little group arrived, Maria had buried her grandson. He was middle school age. He had been out in the coffee fields working, and he had stumbled upon a landmine which tore his body, and he bled to death in the coffee fields. This war, like all wars, chewed up folks who had no stake in the fight and no benefit in the outcome. And we all knew that our government had supported the troops that planted the landmines that killed her 12-year-old grandson. But when I met her, she welcomed me into her modest home, dirt floor home, we drank the strongest coffee I've ever had in my life. Still gives me some jitters. We talked about the country that she loved, and we read scripture together. And when I left, she said, you are always welcome in my home. So look, I had to speak to the elephant in the room. I said, Maria, I'm American, you're Nicaraguan. We both know that my government played a hand in the death of your grandson. Are you not angry with me? She said, yes, you are American, but first you are Christian. I am Nicaraguan, but first I am Christian. So you are my brother, and I am your sister, 
and you will always be welcome in my home. I was a pastor, but that impoverished, broken-hearted grandmother was my teacher that day. I've had the privilege to travel to many places and drink strong coffee in foreign cultures, and not once, not once have I left those encounters feeling that the ones I was with needed my faith more than I needed theirs. Not once. Sometimes we just got to get out of our box to see what God is doing among God's people in other places and other cultures. Just because you're the missionary doesn't mean you're the teacher. Sometimes we need to do this to see what God is really up to. We have, we have world mission in all kinds of fashion. I celebrate Darren and Elizabeth Kennedy. Darren grew up in this congregation and teaches at Nile Theological College in Cairo. I celebrate those of you who welcome students every Christmas as part of Christmas International House. For over 20 years, we've been in the Dominican Republic engaged in medical and education work. We're in Haiti supporting the Higgins Brothers Surgery Center for Hope there. We're at the U.S.-Mexico border putting a human face and meeting human faces. And we've been in Kenya. In 2020, we will, we will, celebra we will celebrate and support a dozen or more trips around the world. I want you to hear a bit from the folks who've been involved in some of this mission. I think it is a very special thing to make relationship with people who are not a part of your daily life because they change your life. The opportunities for people to get involved with the DRMP in the Dominican Republic itself are both for medical and lay people because our focus is on medicine and on surgery, but it's also on education and prevention. I can tell you that DRMP have been a bless for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people over the years. And I have a case that I have to point out. We have a Maurice. This is a boy we found that was stunted and we really thought that he was not gonna make it. We have been able to give vitamin, follow up, provide medication. Today we can say that this boy is alive and he's gonna be a witness of what you guys and the partnership with Light a Candle and DRMP are serving lives. I like it when, when people from village come over to the market. Um, why? Simply because I'm part of it. And I remember the story that one of the very first trips that we came here seven years ago, they came and worked and, and painted a classroom and built some desks. I had the opportunity to spend the entire day with the girls, which was fantastic. Um, we got to play games and paint nails and just do, do everyday kid things. I have just been inspired by all of the people, um, the kids, for wanting to work so hard in school and do well, for um, the people to work hard to provide for their families. Frontera de Cristo is a community of faith that's uh, been brought together from 
both sides of the border to discern what is God's will for us here on the U.S.-Mexico border. 20 years ago, the price of wholesale coffee bottomed out. Emotionally and economically devastated, and like many Mexican farmers, Hermana Eduardo was forced to leave his coffee fields and seek any employment he could find in the United States. Hermano Eduardo said, salir de nuestra tierra es sufrir, to leave our land is to suffer. But he also said, but if we could only control our coffee, we'd be able to stay in our land. We responded in faith, working with 25 other farming families in the Chiapas Mountains to create Café Justo, or Just Coffee. Fifteen years later, families are reunited, working together side by side, and the Café Justo families enjoy a newfound economic stability and a great sense of peace. When you, you look at the bottom line as to why I do this, it's about the Haitian people. They don't have options, and yet they survive in the best way they can, and they're happy people, and that's remarkable. I like working with the Haitian nurses because, you know, we go there and we have all this medical knowledge, but it's all from the Western or the United States point of view. And that's been good learning for me to know that my ways aren't the only way. The medical needs of the country, you know, don't stop when a team from the U.S. leaves. They, you know, they're 24-7, 365. So you could, you could hear it in the voices of those who speak on this video. It's impossible to go on these trips and not have your own faith nourished, your eyes opened in new ways. And that's a good thing. But that's not ultimately the reason we engage in this work. The main reason we do this is not for what it does for us but because from the days of Abraham to the life of Jesus to our own time, God has said, I will make you a light to the nations, a blessing to the nations. And I hope that God looks down on us and sees a little light shining. Perhaps the simple practice of creating relationships with people in other lands, people of other cultures. Perhaps the simple practice of creating these relationships will break down a bit of the hatred and arrogance that so quickly fills the gap between strangers. And perhaps those relationships will be the instrument of blessing that God has yearned for from the days of Abraham. Perhaps. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.